Welcome to Selma. It's a podcast where we talk about animated movies. I'm Dick. I'm Kate. Um, uh, doing this hi. intro wrong. That's okay. And we are a podcast you know, about animated movies. That's true. We take we, two of yeah. them. Yes. We compare, contrast, and generally throw them into a Venn diagram mm -hmm. uh, to see what comes out. Often these yeah. movies are Disney. But not always. Often these movies are musicals. Not always. And Kate, I want to tell you that often these movies are good. Not always, Dick. You see that? I took it back. I took the intro back. At the end. Yeah, that was nice. We, we passed it back and forth. Across <laughs> state lines. We shared. What? Across state lines. Wait, where are you? Not where you are. Oh, weird. Can't, can't you tell by the quality of my audio? I can. And also the fact that you're not in this room, oh. which you Sometimes normally are. We have recorded in different rooms in the same house before. That is true. When we have guests on. But now, look at look at me. I am the guest now. Yes, true. Um, I am in the state where my grandma lives. I'm trying not to dox her. but um, Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it is a state uh, that I had to take a plane to for the first time in 13 months. So that was that was a whole thing. Um, I am grateful to, um, as an educator, be fully vaccinated, which is why I'm visiting my also vaccinated grandma for a few days. Um, but yeah, we uh, looked at calendars and timings, and we thought, well, we can watch two movies before I leave for break, or we can watch one movie and record a podcast and. Because our podcast is a thing about two movies, uh, we we needed to do this once I has, had traveled. So we are, uh, uh, thanks to the power of Zencaster, Zencaster, um, we we can we can still record. So Kate, what you drinking? Well, great. I'm drinking. <laughs> Paul, Zencaster to, is not a sponsor. We don't need to talk about that. No, we don't but I to wanted to explain them. why we sound different. Um, sure. I am drinking Palmetto Whiskey from the Palmetto Distillery Company, uh -huh. um, specifically chosen because they have a shop at the airport that I flew into today, and I needed Wait, some not, hotel whiskey. You're not going to say the state, but you will say that the airport sells Palmetto Whiskey. I will just say the airports. But there are multiple airports in this state. Yeah, but it's kind of a giveaway. It's fine. I don't. I don't who's, actually know where this distillery is. Who's involved with this whiskey? Anyone of well, note? So apparently, no one. But uh, outside what? of the shop, there is a life-size cardboard cutout of Darius Rucker, um, hoodie, if you will. Yeah. Um, and he has a brand of whiskey that this distillery distributes. What? Yeah. I didn't realize. I know we both thought we've both been to this airport before and you specifically asked me, you like get the Darius Rucker whiskey. Yeah. It's um, not Darius I, Rucker I, whiskey. I tried, but I also got, I, so I looked it up later because I also got really flustered because it's my first uh, uh, yeah, in, interaction with someone without a mask on in a year who wasn't you, um, Dick Ward. So that was there's there's no mandate in this state, um, which is fine. And yeah, so we, I, we, I we live in a very mask 
uh, heavy state. Mm-hmm. Where like people look at you funny if you aren't wearing the mask. I have learned in just a few hours in this state that people look at you funny if you do wear a mask. So that's that's new. And I feel privileged not to have experienced that until now. Because I know there are people who live in states who have taken the COVID virus seriously and uh, have been given dirty looks for the last year. So but shout out to a, you all. This isn't, a, uh, this isn't a podcast about COVID. This is a podcast about animated movies. Dick, so Kate, what are you how, does, how does your whiskey tie into these animated movies? Well, I, I would say that, <laughs> Darius, first, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking Hetty Topper. It's a beer from Vermont. Cool. Okay. So we'll say, no, I've got one for mine. Uh, D- Dig, did you know that Darius Rucker sings songs? <laughs> uh huh. But no. I didn't get the Darius Rucker whiskey. No. I got something that's slightly adjacent to Darius Rucker, the original musician who sings the song he sings. Wow. You know, so, for uh, for just buying the only whiskey available to you, you still you still managed to make it work. I made it work, uh, which makes me look foolish because I'm just I'm just enjoying a beer. That's I don't know. There's a guy. He's got hair on his head, just okay. like the characters in yeah. these movies. These characters do have hair on their head, sometimes fur. Let's talk about these movies. Today we are looking at Sing and Trolls, uh-huh. uh, both 2016 movies. Uh, Dick, w- uh, you actually came up with this pairing, um, or at least you read it off of our spreadsheet yeah. of potential pairings. Uh, why would you say that you initially paired these movies together? Because they looked the same to me. I mean, like, obviously one is animals, one is trolls, but they both looked like um, from the outside, excuse me, from the previews, they looked like what I would generously call jukebox musicals. Um, but maybe even just movies with a lot of pop songs in them. So I was like, cool, let's watch these. These will both be kind of, you know, C, C plus movies and we'll get through them and we'll, we'll do a thing. Mm-hmm. They might've averaged there. <laughs> I think they did. <laughs> maybe slightly higher um so uh yes movies with songs yeah sometimes musicals not that's always. true that's true so cake what was your yeah. what's your experience with with these movies do you, what, what movie do you want to start with i we watched sing first so should we go with okay. sing we should what? Kate, what's your experience with sing great you asked. I, I answered. You you sounded like you didn't. I made I the wrong giving, answer. I wasn't right. giving you lip. I'm just Sorry, asking I, you what your experience was with Sing. The disconnect of being in different states. Okay. I had very little knowledge of Sing. I only know that starting five years ago, my kids started requesting the song I'm Still Standing, which I thought was weird because that's an Elton John song from like the late 80s, early 90s. Do you know right. exactly when that song came out? No. But it's like not one of his like very most popular ones. Like 
And also, it's not a thing that's typically popular with like third graders in the Bronx. In the Bronx, right. They're not so, like, yo, Elton John, woo. Yeah, a, like a bunch of kids wanted to hear that song over the past couple of years. I'm like, well, that's weird. And then I, I eventually realized it's because the gorilla sings it in this movie. So I'm like, okay, my kids have seen this movie and at least this song has like jumped out of it from the movie to their like uh, internal zeitgeist at least. Um, and that's, that's really it. As I was watching the movie, I heard more songs that I didn't know were in the movie that I'm like, oh yeah, my kids asked for this one too. And I couldn't figure out why, but, um, but yeah, I, I should have seen it sooner being a music teacher, but also being a music teacher, I didn't really care to see this very much because it looked like a crappy jukebox musical with a bunch of animals and too many characters. So I initially had dismissed it. I know you're going to do the two minute summary, but I'm going to do my two second summary. Animal American Idol. Great. Yeah. That is is what it is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I, I had, I mean, I I had less experience because I don't teach children who request Elton John songs. Uh, I just uh, saw the preview for it before. Moana, baby? That would probably make sense. Moana was Thanksgiving. And it was not a great preview, so I never thought about this movie again uh, until we just watched it. Until we just watched it. Um, Cool. Yeah, both of these were... Trolls was, like, early November, and Sing was, like, Christmas of 2016. And Moana was Mm. in between. Mm. All right, I'm going to summarize Sing in two minutes. I'm trying to get some names up. I'm not going to use character character names so much as a hybrid of celebrities who voice them and the animals. Oh, I'm I'm absolutely using character names. Cool, great. All right, my two minutes starts. I'm shaking my head. No, I am not doing that. I got the cookie timer ready. Look. All right, ready. Here it is. All right, and here we go. All right. Uh, Koala McConaughey owns a uh, theater and his family has owned the theater and been in the arts for generations. Uh, but now he's a down on his luck, like talent, talent agent and booker for this theater who owes a lot of money to the bank. So he says, OK, we're going to make a singing competition at the theater and it's going to bring in a lot of revenue and we'll give like a small prize. But then his secretary makes a typo and then it's a big prize, $100,000 instead of 1000 So all these people audition or all these animals audition. It's like a Zootopia kind of town. And there's a gorilla who's part of a crime family. And there's a pig who has 25 piglets. She's a house pig, a house mom pig. And um, there is a mouse who gets in trouble gambling. And there's an elephant who's very shy, but she's a really good singer. And they work with um, Koala McConaughey to like develop their act. And they all really love singing, but it's not something that they're encouraged to do in their families. And so they find the confidence in themselves and with each other. But then, oh, no, they find out that the prize money isn't as big. And then the gambling debt comes to pass. And so they can't have the thing. And then... Uh, the koala does some thing, renovations to the theater to try to get a backer to give more money. And then the theater breaks because he tries to fill it with water and just like plexiglass holding like 600 gallons of water. I don't know. Bad ideas. So the, the theater is ruined. But 
you know what? Music prevails. And one by one, they come back and they decide to have an outdoor concert instead of a talent contest that's just like a variety show. And it gets a lot of people because everyone's really good and they are really good at singing. And then the theater gets a new life, not because of money or because of like, uh, you know, consumerism, but because of the love of music of all of these different animals. And they all, um, cookies are done. Cookies are done. That was good. I was just going to say they all live happily ever after. Yeah. I mean, the theater gets a new life because of money. Well, but but money that it, from the joy of music, not as much like an American Idol style competition. Yeah, the the backer does give him the money, but not yeah. because he put squids in the scenery in Which a fish was really tank. Cool. He but should, because he, he could also be rewarded for that. That was awesome. But that love of that, music. that destroyed the theater. Yeah, love of music is what she was responding to. Okay. That sing, sing what was is? great. Yeah, I Even- I mean I went into it thinking it was going to be terrible. Yeah. And like after four or five minutes it won me over and then I just enjoyed the the hell out of the rest of it. It on paper, even me explaining it in two minutes, I'm like, wait, Sing was good, right? Like the the plot I'm describing sounds fine, yeah. but the way that it's brought to life and like it looks like it has too many characters for you to care about. But like you get enough of each character and they prioritize really well. And the pacing is like really quick in some places, but pauses when it needs to just it's it's really well written. Mm -hmm. It's really well directed. And like, again, like this idea of like putting a bunch of pop songs because all the music in this movie is just it's covers. It's Elton John and Taylor Swift and um you know, some full, some more full songs, some just clips when they're kind of in like the American Idol audition section of the um, like montage. It, this, it this all movie works is like, really well. Somehow. It has like a, a ton of songs. Yeah. Right. Like at one point during the audition sequence, you were like, oh, they've got a song budget. They've got a licensing got, budget. So it's, it's illumination, right? It's, um, uh, is it Sergio Pablo who owns that? The the so it's a Despicable Me and Klaus, and they are at least connected to Universal because there's a Minions ride at Universal, and so I wonder if all of this is kind of like Universal music contract licensing, right? Whether like all the record labels are somehow because they did they got like a lot of songs and a lot of like really big hits from all of the decades. Um, but yeah, like all the arrangements were really smart and all the singing is really good. And every moment where there is a big song, it doesn't feel like just like they got bored and wanted to put a song in. It felt like, well, there's a reason this character is singing this right now. And it's, you know, the songs are diegetic. It's the character singing a cover of this song, but thematically they're worked in so that you're hearing you know, lyrics that are kind of matching where we are in the story. Just right. really, and, really smart. Yes. And I, th- I know we're going to get more into the use of songs mm, uh, later. That is true. So let us, let us plow through to trolls. Trolls. 
What's your experience with trolls? I'm going to bet it's almost the exact same as your experience with Sing. Well, um, first, first. Uh, yeah. So trolls, um, I, I mean, the the song that Justin Timberlake wrote for trolls, Can't Stop the Feeling, it you know, exploded all over the world. And my kids still request. It's like one of the top songs that they request. Um, so I know about that. Um, there's a couple other, especially last year when the second Trolls came out, like right after the pandemic and shutdown started, I knew a lot of those songs because that's what the kids were talking about because they were all watching it in quarantine. Um, but mostly my experience with Trolls before watching it now was knowing that it was hugely popular, um, both the songs and like the marketing, right? Like there's a lot of merchandise. Um my number one experience with trolls, though, is walking around uh, Columbus Circle in Midtown Manhattan one day and seeing a small child with her parent pass by me. And the small child has pink troll hair and she's made up in her face to look like a troll. And they walk by me. I'm like, well, that's weird. It's not Halloween. And then like five minutes later, from a different direction, there's another girl dressed like the same troll walks by. And then there's another one. It felt like I was in some like weird, twisted horror movie. Cool. <laughs> and then we experienced the same thing like a week later because we were meeting people down there. Like, why are there so many? Why are there so many trolls? <laughs> Turns out there was something called uh, the Trolls the Experience in Midtown Manhattan, like a block away from where we were seeing. That was like a whole I looked at it was like a whole like interactive museum and art projects and makeovers it actually looks pretty cool but trollzium trollzium yeah art troll jets and troll troll covers yeah Yeah. uh yes um every day is trollstice so that that was my main experience like why why are there so many trolls in midtown manhattan Uh, the movie trolls is why my experience with this movie is I think I saw a preview for it before Moana. <laughs> and yeah, of course, I like, I've heard that song a bunch, but mm-hmm. I think primarily because of you. So. Sure. It's, it's off to request it as a dance party start to our music Zooms. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And, and you saw those trolls at one time too. Yeah, I mean, I was part of that story. Do you want to set a cookie timer? I I would. All right, ready, set, go. (sighs) Okay, so there's these trolls, and there's um, Bergens. Bergens are like big things that look like a troll. (laughs) <laughs> but but not like the troll dolls. Anyway, they're these big like ogre guys and they eat trolls because trolls are the only way they can be happy. They can only be happy by eating a troll and they call it trollstice, but the trolls escape. Oh no. So the trolls like escape from the Bergens and then they like have parties and shit. And then eventually a Bergen finds them. Oh no. And then takes them back to Bergen town and they're going to, um, eat the trolls but don't worry the plot gets weird because then they set up a scullery maid bergen with the king bergen and do a makeover on her and then they go roller skating 
And then there's a troll named Poppy, and she's like the princess troll. Um, and she uh, is trying to save her people. But And there's this grumpy troll named Justin Timberlake, and he's like, Err. Um, and Poppy is happy and he's not happy and she sings and he doesn't sing and she dances and he doesn't dance but in the end he sings and dances and he's happy and the trolls dance at the Bergens and the Bergens don't eat them I'm done would <laughs> would you like to add any more details no <laughs> still got 10 I- seconds no, I'm good. What I miss? I mean, the villain. The Bergens, right? I mean, the cook. Oh. Anyway. The Bergen Bergens that finds him is the cook. She's kind of like masterminding this, right? That like her whole Not thing Megan. is like, if Bergens don't eat trolls anymore, she's permanently out of a job. And so it's in her best interest to keep them eating trolls, even if they kind of figure out that maybe they don't so much need trolls to find happiness. Yeah. Um, the, 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 like to give this film a quick summary, uh, trolls are food for Bergens that make them happy. Trolls do not want to be food anymore. Right. And the idea is that like trolls are perpetually happy. Like they sing and dance and hug all the time. And that's why eating them makes them, it's not like they taste, it's not like the best thing they've ever tasted. It's just yeah, like it's their happiness like they're gets made transferred of somehow to the Bergens. Yeah. It's a little convoluted and a little, <laughs> this, uh, this movie I had similar expectations for, as saying, I think my expectations were a little higher just because of like how it kind of like blew up in pop culture, yeah. um, which might have, you know, harmed my experience. But I don't know. This movie w- wasn't as good. I hated this movie. I hated this movie. It, it was very um, right. OK, uh, we've mentioned this before. The John Mulaney sketch about Bamboozled 2. That like Sing looks more like Bamboozled too, the poster at least. Like yeah. but Trolls feels more like what Bamboozled 2 sounds like. That it's just chaos and like scene after scene of just like random OMG. Yeah. Um, so that it's, doesn't it's... like there is a nominal story and it has more story than, you know, some other kind of like cynically made kids movies that we've watched for this podcast. But it, it is absolutely a cynically made kids movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it's nothing from beginning to end or possibly worse than nothing, depending how you look at it. And like the voice cast is okay. So like there are some actors in here that have unique voices and that's good. And, and, and I think it's helpful. Mm-hmm. What is not helpful is okay. So first off, don't put Russell Brand and James Corden in the same movie. They sound too similar. It seems redundant, right? Yeah. Um, and like, I don't know the the casting is weird. The casting is weird. 
the ca- the casting is like is 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 very bamboozled too, right? Of like, where do I know this? From? Oh, it's that person. But I, outside of like a few exceptions in like the the character, not the character actors necessarily, but like the character actor characters, yeah. <laughs> right? Like it. Uh, voices are not changed. Like and like, Poppy sounds like Anna Kendrick, and Branch, uh, Justin Timber troll is what I'm going to call him. Just sounds like Justin Timber. Like, like neither of them are really doing an affect at all or an uh, any kind of different voice than their normal voice. No, I will say that the two main Bergens, like Zooey Deschanel's voice as the Bergen like bothers me in this film, but at least she like tried to do something. At least, at least she's trying something different. Um, uh, and I liked the, the King Gristle. Christopher Mintz class, AKA McLovin. McLovin. Yeah. He kind of does like a faux Olaf thing here. And I think it works. Yeah. He, he sounds like, at, I think we both had the same thought of like, well, this isn't Josh Gad, but it sounds like Josh so Gad. What I was hoping to find out was that it was it was like the Broadway Olaf. <laughs> That's why I'm like <laughs> I'm like looking <laughs> up his bio. I'm like, this has to be the Bre-. like he does too good of a Josh funny. Gad in this movie too. But yeah, but yeah, everyone else like Russell Brand sounds like Russell Brand, and James Corden sounds like James Corden, and Jeffrey Tambor. Like these voices that you expect, you know, you they're instantly recognizable, but also they're not really doing anything else. Um, yeah, like instantly recognizable voices like Icona Pop, uh Glozell, uh Gwen Stefani, you know, actress Gwen Stefani who uh-huh. who appears as a DJ for like four seconds. Yeah, there's a lot of characters listed and I don't know who any of them are like after John Cleese's like I am on Wikipedia. Like on the, I am too, yeah. And I'm I am looking at the uh, description of some of these characters. Uh-huh. Uh, Satin and Chenille, twin trolls who are conjoined by their hair and love fashion. I didn't know they loved fashion. I, yeah. No, they, one, no one told me that. These, these descriptions have weird, like, quali- like adjectives attached to it. It's not just, like, this character and this character. Like, who loves it? It looks like, like, My Little Pony summaries or something. Yeah. And also, like, all of the characters in this movie could work at the hair salon that I go to. Yes. <laughs> I yes. I go to a very good hair salon that it has a couple franchises in New York and I I've loved my cuts that I've gotten there and everyone's very nice, but the stylists there go by like stage names, salon names and they're all these like like sparkle and bright and charm. Like you go down the list yeah. and you're like, "Okay, these could be people's names, but Every single one of them is something like that. And that's when These I read are, done this. I'm like, all oh, stage names. Poppy, uh, Satin, Chenille, Guy Diamond, like Creek, Moxie Dewdrop. I'm like, oh, yeah, these are just Wait, these are just hairdresser talk, names. Can we talk about Moxie Dewdrop? Let's. Moxie Dewdrop is described on Wikipedia as being a dancing troll. <laughs> and it's a different Unlike voice in the UK every other version. troll. Who Why? constantly dances? I, I don't know. Why don't would know. you need different trolls I, th- in the UK version? No one else has a different voice. Looking He's through like, these trolls' names is trolls. like is somewhere between looking at the names of cats in Cats 
and looking at the names of ponies in My Little Pony. Yes, that's a good, yes, correct. Except I like some of the cats and cats. <laughs> you have Skimbleshanks rules. I, and, and this what, is like a me, very, me. This, it, Trolls is like, you get what what is on paper, right? Like it's an all-star cast and you're like, well, is this really going to be, you know, much value added? No, it's not. It's not like a shark tale where like Angelina Jolie actively does a bad job at voice acting. Like she makes it somehow blander than it would be otherwise. And, and like everyone here does like a fine performance, but you compare it to Sing, which also has kind of like an all-star celebrity cast right matthew mcconaughey and reese witherspoon scarlett johansson john c Riley, but like they're all i mean john c Riley. it's hard for him not to sound like john c Riley, but everyone else is doing some kind of voice or like their character is unique enough that like okay great you're bringing your acting skills to this this isn't just you being hired to sound like yourself and make audiences go oh i know who that is like I think Matthew McConaughey in particular is kind of a, a you know Channing Tatum and Smallfoot kind of situation where I'm like, like you're really good at this. You know what I I I called I called uh, Sing Animal American Idol, but it's almost more, uh, and I think you called this out is Animal Greatest Showman. Uh, Matthew McConaughey is kind of a kind of a bullshit artist who's trying to keep his theater afloat and trying to make money. And he's great. Like he's really, really good in this movie. And I wish he was like, okay, the greatest showman is not I was going to say, let let me please qualify that because it shouldn't have been made in the first place. If I call something the greatest showman, that's generally not a compliment. (laughs) Yeah. This is like Um, the greatest showman. No, this is what the greatest showman should have been. Yeah, including not about a uh, slave owner. Or if you are going to start making it about him, by the end, pivot to it being about the people that he was initially trying to exploit, right? But then, do something. Yeah. Look, we hate the greatest showman here on Soulmates Podcast. We do. We do. Um, That's all. That's all. Yeah. Um, So. So yeah, M- McConaughey is amazing. Um, there's also there's like names in Sing that like I think part of what is really interesting to me about Sing is that I could not name you the main actors outside of like McConaughey. Yeah, they are famous people, mm-hmm. but like. I'm 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 like on Wikipedia now. Oh yeah, Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, I didn't know it was her. Uh, she did yeah. great though. Yeah, they disappear uh, into their characters in a good way. Yeah, uh, and uh, uh, Seth, except Seth MacFarlane, who just sounds like Seth MacFarlane. Which is I mean, fun. he he's doing like Seth MacFarlane, obviously a very accomplished voice actor. He does most of the voices on his show, um, his shows, but. I didn't, I didn't, like, I knew that was him, but I didn't totally recognize it till he was singing. And then he just did that Seth MacFarlane Sinatra croon thing. Yeah, but like, like he's he was doing a unique Sinatra. voice. It didn't sound like a specific family guy character or anything. Like, you know, 
to me it just, mouse it just sounded voice. like it sounded like Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, sure. Just, okay. just in an interview. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad though. Like like honestly, yeah. he was he was really well cast. He mm-hmm. was great at being like the character you kind of love to hate, even though he's on your side, you're like, oh, what an asshole. But he's on our side. But uh, what a jerk. I liked him. I liked him a lot. Yeah. Mike. Mike the Mouse. Mike the Mouse. Yeah. Yeah. At first, I did not care for Mike the Mouse because I'm like, well, you're just nothing but trouble. You're a little bit of a womanizer and gambling stuff. But then, yeah. Funny by the end. Like, this is really an ensemble piece um yes yes and you don't get to say that very much about animated movies i feel like it's it's mostly there's some kind of hierarchical structure um yeah because it really does move from like the now i'm actually gonna look up koala mcconaughey buster moon um it does move from the koala story to like you you are following him like he is the one who's most tied to this theater and the success of the theater but like you're weaving in and out other people's stories. And by the end, everyone's story is kind of just as important. I feel like we were um, at the beginning of the movie, we were playing the game of like, okay, so which of these characters is going to win the competition? Like who is the underdog that's going to win? And there's some obvious choices, but like that's, that's ultimately not what the movie's about. And I really liked that, that you're like trying to figure out the main character, but by the end it's like, no, you just, you met, an ensemble of likable animals who love to sing. And that's great. I mean, it, it reminded me of, I mean, you said it's an ensemble movie. It reminded me of like a heist movie, like an Ocean's Eleven type thing. Yeah. Where you've got your main guy who's putting a mm. team together. You get little a little backstory of everyone on the team. Not too much backstory, but just enough. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really, oh my gosh. it's just really well put like, together. Like there are like fireworks <laughs> going off in my <laughs> brain right now. <laughs> Firework. Um, just as the movie. Um, Cause yeah, I enjoyed this in the same way that I enjoy oceans 11. It mm. gave me like very, like once I didn't put that together in my head, but once you said that I'm like, Oh yeah. Cause the pacing is really quick and it doesn't dwell on anything for too long, but I'm not disoriented and I'm not like, I don't, it doesn't feel scattered. It feels very focused on what it's doing, but yeah, it's kind of popcorning around and you've, Oh, that's, I'm so glad you said that. You're so smart. It it gives you so many like little, we, we talked when I, uh, when we, when we did our episode on American tale of like how, like, Oh, my brain must've filled a bunch of stuff in. Because there was a bunch of stuff missing in this movie. But for Sing, I think it it absolutely plays on your brain filling stuff in, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's like each of these characters has a pretty strong backstory. And like if I looked at the character, I could tell you what their backstory was. Right? Like the gorilla guy, his dad is uh like in a gang and he wants him to be part of it. But, but the gorilla guy wants to sing. Uh, The mom is a, Mm -hmm. is a housewife with a lot of kids and she's always dreamed of performing and her husband kind of sucks. And like, it really like 
it does this all in like two scenes, maybe three scenes for each character. And they're like pretty quick, mm-hmm. but they're, they're effective shorthand for a larger story. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a spiral, you know, in education, we talk about a spiral curriculum that you like touch on something. And then a couple months later you come back to it, but you're like leveling it up. And that's with all of these characters, right? That's why it feels, I think, different than American Tale or, you know, the good dinosaur movies that like, wait, now who's this character? Like you're saying it over and over. Like who's the, oh, we're, we're done with this? Oh, okay. It, it does spiral back to them and you're not introducing anyone else after like the first 10 minutes. Oh man, you're I like just, the word spiral. That's good. You're just learning more about them. And so you never feel cheated or you never feel like, someone's introduced you know after the first 10 minutes i felt like like the movie trusted me and i trusted the movie and i never felt like i was going to just like meet a character for one scene and i'm thinking of like did that happen in trolls like kind of i think trolls was a little bit more consistent on that than maybe what it even felt like in the experience because i think each in, instead of new characters being introduced, even though there it, there is a wide cast, there was like just a different plot in every scene. <laughs> it was like like a series of like mini game plots. Yeah, I, that we I had to like get past to get the final goal. At the very beginning of Trolls, it felt like they wanted me to care about all the characters. Well, and I was like, I mean, you the have first not five yet... minutes. Yeah, Go. but. I... But I'm like, you have not yet introduced me to these characters. I don't know why I'm supposed to care about them. It's because they're in peril, but I I have to know them to care that they're in peril. But even so, so the first characters you actually meet. So this movie starts out with a um like a a 2D montage kind of like um kind of like Moana, um, where it's Poppy's thing is she loves to scrapbook, and so it's like these like felt 2d and it's a really fun style to watch but it's kind of like the history of the trolls but in like the real world cinematography art style the first characters you actually meet are the bergens like the first characters you meet and see have dialogue that you come back to later in the movie are bergens and so you almost i almost felt and this kind of comes back but I almost felt like I was rooting for the Bergens to find happiness, even though they eat trolls and the movie's called trolls. So obviously they're not great guys, but like I was rooting for their happiness from the beginning, which I don't feel is wrong by the end, but then they take this diversion or it doesn't main movie. The first five minutes is a diversion, but then it feels like the next half hour is really the diversion because then you're with the the trolls, but you're like, yeah yes they're the characters who have the growth to achieve they have they have a problem Mm -hmm. like the trolls at the very beginning have a problem they're going to be eaten by the bergens and then the trolls escape they no longer have a problem the bergens have problems so they're the characters that have a story set up and the trolls are just like hanging out and dancing and partying and i'm like why do I so care? Then, yeah, right. Because then you see the status quo of the trolls, which is good. And then the Bergens find them again. And so then the trolls have a problem. And it just feels like everything is like, it, it feels um, 
I was just listening to another podcast, Musical Splaining, um, Musical Splaining, uh, that um, they said the plot of uh, Love Never Dies, the Phantom sequel, felt like it was like an improv, like a night at improv, <laughs> that like each scene was like, okay, what could we do next? Like in real time without everyone any yeah. going back. And that's what a lot of this movie felt like to me, that it was just like, okay, we wrote the scene, we animated it. Uh, okay, cool. What comes next? And like, there was, at least it didn't feel like there was a lot of like, after the movie was done, going back in the sequence and being like, does all of this make sense together? Do we need all of these different plots and side journeys working together? Or can we streamline and condense a little bit? There was no kind of self-editing, it felt like. And like, honestly, if you cut that intro... And just start with like, we're trolls, we're happy. Oh no, we just got captured by a thing. I'm way more interested than right. We escaped a thing. Bye. We're gonna party right. now. Because and I feel like you could still have that backstory, but reveal to the yeah. trolls later, right? Like maybe they're a generation yeah. or two out from it, and they don't Jeffrey know the Tambor story does as well. A quick narration, right? Yeah. Like yeah. he explains it. It's great. I mean, I also think so. Okay, I I, I want to get into some of the bigger issues in trolls of like oh, what yeah. it wants to say because I have some. I mean, I know you have some thoughts on it, and I, have I also thoughts. have some like big story changes. But maybe that's for the end of the podcast. Um, that could still achieve the same things. Should we talk about the actual music in it yet, or do you feel like we should do some more big picture stuff before we get into the? songs themselves i mean yeah so let's let's talk about what so let's talk about why these, the music is yeah like both of these m- movies not only have a lot of songs in them they are explicitly about music making and singing in different ways um trolls is like singing and dancing and hugging <laughs> are kind of the the shorthand for like why they are so happy right they are like a celebration community. Um, that is what they value. And so you sing and you dance if you're a troll. And if you if you know if you don't do those things, there's you know that means there's something wrong, right? If like trolls love that. So if you don't love that, uh oh, right? And um, it's explained in the beginning that Bergens can't sing and they don't know how to hug and they don't know how to dance, and so that's why they can't be happy and they need the trolls' magic for that. Even- even though we do hear them sing, see them dance, and... See them smile, yeah. Yep. It's, yeah, I mean, there's a definition of happiness in this movie that um, is is to be questioned by us later in this podcast. Also, like, a definition of singing, which, like, okay, yeah. the Bergens were not necessarily great singers, but everyone can sing. They we, sing a gorilla song in tune, so... They I, do like, fine, yeah. yeah. We don't um, we don't all have to be Justin Timber. Like you could just enjoy singing, even right. if you're bad at it. So the singing in this movie is at times that the trolls are celebrating or trying to hype themselves up. Um, it is sometimes diegetic and sometimes not. It is sometimes cover songs and sometimes not. Music is used a lot of different ways in this movie. Yeah. Um it is sometimes used to express an emotion. Um Whereas in Sing, all of the songs are 
you know, songs that the performers are singing at that moment in time. It might be a more formal moment. It might be a more informal moment, but it's the, the, the way it's used is consistent throughout the film. Um, and it's a movie called sing. It's about a singing competition. It's about unlocking kind of yourself through your, you know, passion for singing and for the arts. Yeah. Um, Am I am I missing what what else? Why else is there music in these movies? I'm sorry, I've been talking a lot. <laughs> no, it's great. Um, right. I mean, to get people to watch them, right? Yeah, sure, right. Like that's that's part of it. Um, and like filler, like I I really enjoyed Sing. I I, I think Sing was a was a big surprise and was um. Like one of the one of one of the one of the movies I've enjoyed the most recently that we've seen, because yeah. it's just like, oh, I expected this to be kind of crappy, and it was it was really great. Um, but even in Sing, there's a lot of filler. Like there is an audition sequence which goes on for a little too long. Yeah, and was probably fine. It like was fine in the first viewing, but if I were to watch it again. That might be a mm-hmm. bathroom break where I don't pause. Sure. Um, and I think I think there's a couple of indulgent. There's a couple of overindulgences where they're like, "We're using this whole song," and and I think I think generally it's edited it, it's edited down well. But I I feel like it's like music can be padding, uh, but in trolls I feel like they had a 20 minute movie. And they needed to pad it out. Yes. Yeah. In Sing, I felt it a little bit. In Trolls, it was just like. Well, right. In in Sing, it was the point, right? Like, I feel like I'm a little bit more forgiven of even the padding. And I know what you're talking about because, because like, that's how these characters do express themselves, right? When they're frustrated with their life circumstances, we see them like go out into an alley and sing or like as mom is doing the dishes, she's singing a song and it takes her somewhere else. So like, I get it. Like I think the padding works as character building and development. Whereas, yeah, like trolls is just a bunch of songs to exist. So in trolls, that is also how the characters express themselves. Right. Right. So why? It's like a singular. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't yeah. disagree with you, but I just want to dig into it. Yeah. Why is it different? Um, I I think. Can Can you think of a specific like padding example in Sing? Uh, for Sing, it's like the auditions, right? I, okay. Yeah. There's a lot of characters that we never see again. Yes. And they're just singing something, and it's it's like. You know, ten seconds of them singing something, we laugh, right. we move on. I I think I mean that's obviously for like comedic relief, right? Like it's right. it is like it's kind of like taking like all the animal specific Zootopia jokes and putting them into one scene, right? Like because they didn't really do a lot of like, oh, you're a pig and so blah 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 throughout the movie. They didn't really, they really reference didn't. Yeah. Their specific animals all that much. I feel like the audition scene was the time to do that, was to like play on like, oh, turtles singing about, you know, like 
practicing in like a barbershop style slowly together or um, the the Japanese foxes or were, or were they oh, Korean foxes? I don't know. I think they were, I thought they were red pandas. Either oh, way. Red panda, that makes sense. Either way, they're great. They, they grew on me throughout the movie. Those, those guys, it was like this little like girl group and they auditioned and they got cut or like they didn't understand there was a translation because they only speak. See, now I want to know. I should have looked up what it, what they are. I'm, yeah. I'm working on it. I'm working um, on it. And so they, they'll just like turn on a boom box at random times and then start doing this like coordinated dance with that like kind of like girl, like, you know, Asian, pan-Asian girl group singing style and it's re- like, yeah, the first couple times were obnoxious, but then they kept coming back in surprising ways and like just pop on that boombox and start doing this routine. And it was, it, it got really funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, they're red pandas and I'm trying to figure out anything more about them. Sure. Um, so I'd say, yeah, like even though the audition scene went on for a a longer time I feel like that was a writer's room being like but this joke is written like they couldn't figure out which joke they wanted to cut and so they're like okay we'll just put it all into it and like you said like the first time watching it I didn't mind it because it was kind of neat to be like okay what song will they use here and what song will they use here because right part of the fun of I think a jukebox musical like this or you know Moulin Rouge is like okay how are they using this next song like all right, I recognize the first couple, you know, lyrics of this song. Now, what are they going to do with it? I think that was exciting for me, at least. Whereas in in Trolls, I felt like there were like three types of song scenes. It, you know, it was like the least often used was like this song is telling the story of this scene. This song is taking us from A to B. That was like Poppy's. Um, I will get back up again. Um, And then there's like a cover that speaks to a specific emotional moment, like um, the Bergen's hello, are you, um, is it me you're looking for longing for this other Bergen, which was like, I know your face is slumping down, (laughs) but I think it it was, it could have been worse. I know we it, both like we we as soon as we realized she was singing hello, we both laughed out loud. We did, which I feel like is the expected, right? Coming back to bamboozled too, like that's all it deserved. Like yeah, an acknowledgement. And that's that's like a question. Like what is like the the grunt oh my god, I forget what they're called. Grum- Grumbles? Uh Grumbles, uh Bungle Bergens. Bergens. Uh, Candace Bergen is singing hello. And <laughs> mm-hmm. this is a scene where we're supposed to like, I assume this is a scene where we're supposed to say, Oh wow. I feel an emotional connection to this person because she has these emotional feelings towards this King. But also they're like, well, we got to put something funny in there. And, right. and I'm just like, I don't know what to feel. I don't know what you want from me. In this yeah. Scene. And you know, if it had just been that, so like, right, that's the second kind of like, and I don't think that was always well executed. Like, I think the, what the plot is trying to say aside, I think like the true color scene worked pretty well in terms of what it was trying to do for the emotional moment. But so that was the second type, right? And then the third type was just like, 
the trolls are happy, so now they are singing. And that type of scene happened the most. And there was no differentiation between those different scenes. Like it was all like one frequency and just a different literal song in the place. And so that kind of felt really overdone. And for me, that felt like the, you know, the the most fillery part of just like, oh, you know, over the last uh, 15 years, you know how all animated movies have ended with a dance party? What if we put more of those in? What if like, we have more dance? People so, seem to respond well to that. Let's do it more. Let me let me propose something because this is this is something I've been thinking about. In Sing, mm-hmm. the characters are singing for themselves, singing for the audience, and singing for other people. Yeah. In Trolls, they are performing for us, the viewers. Mm. much of the time yeah i think there's a lot of times where like that one glitter troll will fart glitter into another troll's face and no other trolls are seeing that so who's that for yeah but the glitter troll is is for me totally forgiven because it's also an auto-tune troll it's just it like it's 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 just close enough to like strong uh language for me Right. And we've talked about this on the show before that when people like jumble up words in a nonsensical order, it just makes me laugh. So like the combination of like this guy that like glitter comes out of his butt and everything he says, even when he's not trying to sing is is funny to me. It works. Let me let me let me say, though, do you know who played that character? I, I saw the actor. I did not recognize the name. It's it's a guy from um oh my god what is it called Big Bang Theory. Oh okay like, yeah now I know who it is. Look, if you're going to put if you're going to put an auto-tuned character in a movie that's just full of pop stars why wasn't that's... it T okay, Yeah. Finish it. Yeah, why wasn't no. it T-Pain, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> why, why not one of the many pop stars that is known for using auto-tune? Like uh-huh. He doesn't need to act well. You can't hear his acting. You're right. just hearing the auto tuning. Why? Or why even hire... a reference to to auto tune, right? Like you put Andy Samberg in there. That's also sure. funny. Sure. Just knowing it's Andy Samberg, right? Like, yeah, just, I don't know why that's such guy a weird, such a weird choice. Um, that's okay. I, can... I really like Dick. You're full of like just just truth bombs today with the, with the singing to the audience. That's exactly yeah. why it doesn't land with me. Oh man. Yeah. It's, and that's, it's, it's the Rockettes instead of Broadway. It's also the difference between now that I'm thinking of it, the greatest showman in Moulin Rouge. Mm-hmm. Right? Like those greatest showman numbers are not happening in any kind of real time. So they're for the audience, but the Moulin Rouge numbers are either for the Moulin Rouge patrons or it's a conversation between characters, right? The closest thing in Moulin Rouge that is for us, uh like the the opening to Credit Showman is for us, the viewer. Mm -hmm. The closest thing in Moulin Rouge is the the can-can. But but there's an audience. That's Exactly. That is us seeing it through Ewan McGregor's eyes. Anyway. Uh, stay tuned for our next podcast where we compare and contrast the
the greatest showman in Moulin Rouge. We're going to have to at some point. <laughs> We're going to have to find like some kind of animated link to just throw aside very quickly and then just talk about these movies because we need to. Um, okay. So, okay. Can I, can I talk about trolls now? Yes, please. So, okay. <laughs> go for it. What, what is trolls about Dick? What is the message of trolls? So there are a couple messages of trolls. Um, the first uh, message is along the storyline of that one, like grumpy troll mm-hmm. uh, who is like kind of a doomsday prepper uh, in case of a future Bergen attack. Yeah. He's very, re- very much a realist. He doesn't sing or dance or have fun. And that makes him weird. And he's also prepared for doom, which makes him weird, but also he's right. Uh, they do get attacked by a Bergen and it's only been like 20 years since the last, like since they were last completely enslaved uh, and used as food. So he's not even that crazy. Um, So uh, anyway, in the end he stops being grumpy and starts dancing and hugging and singing like everyone else. So, uh, So, just like the um, villain of High School Musical, uh, the moral of the story is stick to the status quo. Like, the reason you're not happy is because you're not like everybody else. You should be more like everybody else. You well, should not be worried about real, actual issues that could cause the entire death of your troll species and almost does cause the entire death of your troll species, you should conform and sing and dance with the rest of the idiot trolls and have sparkle farted in your face. I'm going to say yes and, because I think there's more to this movie than that that is way more problematic. If it was just that, Absolutely. I was just if saying that. If it that's was just first, that, I would have an argument. Bet. My argument would be that it's like, it's, you know, um, live together, die alone, right? Like the kind of the lost mentality of like, yeah, you can be scared about all this stuff, but like what really like will make your life worth living is living in a community and being able to rely on each other and support each other instead of just being everyone for themselves, right? He starts singing and dancing, not because he wants to fit in, but he sees everyone else get really sad at the prospect of, oh, they are going to be eaten by Bergens. And so to like cheer up his community and to help them like rally to try to save themselves, that's when he needs to sing. True, it's not, true. That's not but, all there is in this but. movie. But if it was just that, I would say, I kind of know what they were going for. And there's I'm some... Gonna- I'm going to push back on that because the text supports uh, him because if it weren't for all of the singing and dancing and community, uh, like the reason the Bergen finds them is because they have a big singing, dancing party. And if they had listened to him in the first place, they would be in a live community. And possibly the only reason he's, exiled from the community is because he's trying to save all their lives, which would have absolutely happened and, if, and before, if they would have listened to him. 
And before you get his backstory, which is a little bit, I think, too late in the movie, um, I think you need it before and maybe the characters learn it later in the movie. Um, I can see an argument for just kind of a poorly executed, like, well, he's he's the same age as Poppy, so he's never really known an existence with the Bergens. He might be a little bit too paranoid, right? Like, that's not in the text, but I could see if they had executed it better. Like, dude, you're you're afraid of something that really hasn't been a threat in your lifetime. Yeah. Chill out. But you see that he has reason to fear the Bergens later on um, when he reveals his backstory that his grandmother was eaten alive by a Bergen in front of him because he yeah. was singing. Like, yeah. he is justified in his fear. He remembers a time where his people were food. Like, yeah, that's going to scar you for life, and that's okay. This could have been an interesting movie about, like, we could have addressed his, like, trauma or something. Right, but, right. But, but... He should but we be needed him to make smile. the other characters happier. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's yeah. problem one, but that's not the big one that, that really upset me. Mm-hmm. The big one that really upset me is that the, um, this movie has a bunch of like kind of sad, gloomy, gray creatures called the Bergens. Uh, you might even say that they're depressed. And they uh, only know one way to cure their depression, and that's by ingesting something. Uh, but then later in the movie, feel happy. that makes them feel happy. And then later in the movie, someone says, "No, uh, happiness isn't about what you put in you. What you put in you, it's about what you put out to the world, or something like that." And, and it just when you say someone, it is Poppy, and when yeah, you it say is later in the movie, character. it is. Um, the climax of the movie. It is yeah. literally her saying, "Like, here's what our movie is about. Happiness is not what you put in you; it's about what you put onto the world." Sorry, Which, I wanted to make sure that no, that was emphasized. Thank you. And like, at it doesn't sound that mm-hmm. bad, mm-hmm. but combined with like, combined with that depressed troll character who just needs to be happy. There's this entire species of this entire like race of people who, well, you know what? If you were just so happy, you wouldn't be so depressed. And it just it feels very like it feels like kind of Scientology. Don't take antidepressants or mm-hmm. medication for your mental health issues. And that really, really upset me. When when you first mentioned that, my my reaction and I feel bad about this was just like, well, that's a very like, okay, I understand. But like, that's a very literal take that like they're popping trolls, like antidepressants, like that's not exactly what it's saying. But when you mention that line of like, it's not what you put in you, it's, you know, happiness is inside of you. You just need someone else to help you find it again. Like you said, it's this kind of on the surface, very innocent and lovely, um, you know, sentiment, but put together with everything, it's like, oh, yeah, because there is in the real world something that you put in you to to make your own brain work yeah. the right way, right? Like there's, it's not just uh, it's not just a drug to be a drug. 
It's yeah, a drug there's... to activate what your belief as a troll is of what's inside of you. Like, like when that there's... breaks, sometimes you need to put something inside of you. There's drugs that make you not kill yourself. Those are right. important. Those right. are important in the world. Um, but yeah, like everything combined and, and plus like, again, like, I don't know how intentional it was Mm -hmm. that this was the message, but like combine that with like the Bergens clearly can be happy. Like they, they are happy without eating trolls. Well, and they, yeah, they don't, they don't recognize it as such. They don't recognize it as happiness. Right. Uh, And like, you know, I don't know. That's, that reminds me of depression uh, is like being happy, but still being like, well, I'm miserable and never be happy. Um, But also like this weird thing where like the trolls, I I don't know, like kind of gaslight them into thinking they can't be happy when like, like when the kid, like even before, like I, I know there was like kind of this message of building community, but even before the king was was like meeting this scullery maid, he found out that he was going to be able to eat a troll. He had a big smile on his face. He got excited. He started like he went out and bought a new bib. He was happy. He was excited. Right. And right. it's like, well, what like. Also, like, why are we judging their happiness? Maybe they're happy. Maybe this is their happiness, and it's just that they're not living up to your obnoxious, dancey, singy standards. Like, man, leave leave these fucking Bergens alone. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the Bergens are also saying themselves, we can't be happy without this, right? There's, a, there's yeah. some self-talk that's going on yeah. there. Yeah, like, I, think, I, don't know. I think there's ways to tweak this to make it more explicitly about one, you know, if you yeah. want to make it an anti-antidepressant movie, you'd like, there there could have yes. been better execution of that, too, right? Yeah. Like, it's but not this, really well executed either way. It reminds me of Zootopia, where it's like, mm. we have this intent, and that's what matters, is we intended something. We're not going to take any any other pairs of eyes over this to see if uh, what we intended is is what is happening. We're just going to. We're, we're not going to think deeply about it at all. Anyway, hope you're all great. So it's interesting. I was looking at the the writing team of trolls, and it's the it's Kung Fu Panda. They've done all the Kung Fu Pandas, um, and then like other like all the trolls and a SpongeBob movie um, or two. And I can't, I can't specifically pin down any like, uh, you know, ideologies that um, they have. So yeah, whether, you know, whether intent was involved in any of this at all, I don't, I don't know. But, but you, was, you immediately after the movie was over. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, it, well, immediately after the movie was over, you, you like went online to look up this if it, and, and you are not the only person to kind of get this thread out of like, it. I had to, I had to look it up to make sure I wasn't the only one that saw it. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, so this movie's against, against medication. Right. And like, yeah, there's, there's, there's at least a few, a few blogs. So, uh, a few you know, articles. regardless of intent, it, it, you know, 
it has landed on ears and eyes the same way. And that's, you, you know, you, that's doesn't, you know, impact over intent. So you were saying um, this movie was supposed to be something else. Well, well, uh, not something else, but originally it was going to be written by uh, Wally Wolodarski, who uh, uh, admittedly hasn't done a lot that I've seen recently. Oh. Um, but he did, he was uh, one of the main writers on the early Simpsons yeah. uh, seasons. He was a uh, 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 writer on, um, like, he's just, he's been involved mm-hmm. in things. Um, I, you know, I haven't seen everything he's done. Uh, and apparently he was a writer on Trolls World Tour, and that's supposed to be worse than Trolls. <laughs> uh, Trolls World Tour, which appears to be a movie about how you shouldn't like metal. Well, it's eventually a movie. I, I feel like what the Trolls World 2 problem might be based on what I've heard about it is it might be a little bit of an all- all music matters <laughs> kind of message, <laughs> but maybe not. I don't know. It's all the styles should work together in harmony and all styles of music are equal, but also I don't trolls world tour is going to be another thing to talk about Dick, because there's also like specific, it's not just rock trolls. There are like hip hop trolls and country trolls, even though there are hip hop trolls in this first movie, Working in harmony with the regular like, singing trolls, like ninety like percent of trolls are are hip hop trolls, right? In that hip hop and pop are like intertwined, yeah, strongly. So what are we? I don't, I don't know. What are we doing here? Look, hey Kate, can we wrap let's this sing. up? Hold on, hold on. Oh, can, can we? It. Can we talk about? Yes. Can we, no, let's end on a yes. higher note before we wrap it up. Why ah. is singing? That was a high note. I wish I could sound like I could auto tune. I spit glitter no, at you. You know um, who you sounded like just there, though. You sounded like uh, Aziz Ansari in um, Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Thanks. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, You're welcome. It might be obvious by the title of the movie, but yeah. why? Why does Sing use music? Right? Like, if Trolls is kind of like music is like shorthand for happiness right and it's not really intrinsic to the plot in terms of like we need to do this with the music it's just what happens when characters are happy or whatever music serves one purpose that is to make you happy music has no other purposes and can express nothing else yes sure that's true um (laughs) why does sing use music like why write a story about a singing competition versus a dance competition or like a academic decathlon or something like that like why why is it music here um because singing is vulnerable it's um inherently emotional uh and it's a thing a lot of people are scared to do especially in front of people and one of our one of like the main characters of sing that mm-hmm. is her thing. she's terrified to perform in front of people mm-hmm so rather than like i feel like rather than this than sing being about music it is just kind of a compilation of these stories and people like 
expressing themselves in a vulnerable way um, or like finding ways to overcome things that they uh, were facing in life. Like um, the mom pig, I forget her name. Uh, Rosita. Uh, Ros- because uh, a character voiced by Reese Witherspoon is named Rosita. That's all. Uh, um, but she's like, she's a little uptight. And like one of the things that music helps her do is get a little less uptight. Uh, like, you know, through, through I, I and stuff. Uptight as much as like, she's responsible for her, like her husband isn't doing any work for these 25 piglets. I understand you're, you're looking at me. I know we've been watching modern family and I, I look at like, I'm like, Claire is right. Claire is right. And you just look at me like, oh. Uh, yeah, no, Ro- I, I, sorry, to, to be clear, I, know, I don't I think know Rosita, what you mean, but I, I don't think uptight is maybe the best word. I don't think Rosita is um, needlessly uh, concerned about organization, but uh, uh, like in her personal life, but mm-hmm. she can't let that go in her performance, uh, which we mm-hmm. see where she's that's, like that's laying right. out paper of the dance moves. Right. That's what I mean when I say like uptight and maybe uptight isn't the best word, I see. but like, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying is like, it is hindering her performance that she is not able to let all of this go. She's yeah, not her, able to her, stop thinking. Her, her coping mechanism is organization and detailed plans and blueprints. Right. And yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, we have the character who's scared to sing in front of people. We have a character who's afraid to write her own song and express herself. We have, mm-hmm. um, character who's afraid to like tell his dad he wants to do something else with his life Mm -hmm. like it's it's all of these bigger things that all like (laughs) i just want my kids back (laughs) it's you know it's it's everyone is coming together to do the same thing but everyone has a different reason for it and the singing is just a mechanism for uh, that character's evolution. All of what you're saying is very true. <laughs> you're going to push back. No, okay. I'm not going to push back. I'm just, I'm going to yes. And that like, yeah. and I think it is important that it is the arts that is doing this, right? Like, even though this is, it starts out as a competition and then kind of ends up as a talent show where they're each doing their individual acts. Like, Rosita is paired with a partner, but everyone else is just like working on their own act. But it's this like company that they build together, right? It, it, as someone who is a music teacher and has participated in the arts all of my life, it reminded me of like that process of coming together to put a musical together, right? That like you may or may not know the people going into it, but by the end, like, you have each other's backs and you are supporting each other and you are cheering each for each other on stage, even if you're never in the same scene. And that's what it felt like this, this, you know, not only were they finding themselves individually and finding the confidence to say what they wanted, but like, you know, kind of without being heavy handed a lot of times as these things are, they kind of got a found family by the end of it in, in a way that the arts are very unique. Without ever saying, we're a family now. Right. Yeah. Um, Good call. In, in a way the, the, that the arts are uniquely, you know, designed or prepared or, you know, th- that, that that facilitates. Um, and so 
you know, as someone who's constantly trying to like facilitate that in my own classroom and my own productions, I found it very like, oh, this is maybe one of the best movies I've seen about music. Like, honestly, like okay. I, I, I felt like, oh, I should have seen this at the time because there's so many lessons and moments and scenes that I could have been referencing for, you know, concert preparation or just, in, you know, dealing with nerves, but also like, you know, how do you express yourself and how do you become a family? And I just, I, I really loved it. Like, and especially not being, having been able to perform or see any artistic yeah. productions for the last year, I found myself like teary eyed mm-hmm. several moments in the movie just because like, oh my gosh, this is so powerful. And I've kind of spent the last year pretending that it's not as important as it is because we can't do it. Like, you know, telling myself like, oh no, I'm happier that I'm not doing concerts or like, it's okay, we'll see theater productions later. And I'm like, no, I really miss this because there's like, something- no, this is a big part of life. There's something like tangibly intangible about the experience of putting on a production together. Um, but yeah, that it can be about both is really like what makes this movie so excellent. Yeah. Nice. We should, uh, Kate, we, really good, great. That's a really good high note to wrap it up, huh? Thanks. We should call Sing. We should call it. We should call it. Oh. Uh, you want to shout out oh, rest no. in peace, Jessica Walter. R.I.P. Lucille and uh, Mallory Archer and all the other things. Hey, Kate. Yes. Let's do the final cuts. It's time for the final cut. It really is. All right. Scene shout out is where we take a scene from each movie and shout it out. Uh, uh, Let's start with trolls. Let's be nice to trolls. Okay. I got one. (laughs) Okay. I've got a scene shout out, even though I missed half of this scene in watching so uh-huh. um in the okay so we we flash back to a to justin timberlake's troll like halfway through the movie and see this sad scene where he was he was singing and his grandma was trying to get him to stop so that the bergens wouldn't find him the bergens did find him she throws him herself in the way she gets eaten he sees all this and never sings again but Apparently, I missed this because I had to ask about it later. But at that moment, his like bright, vibrant, like blue and green colors kind of like wash over into grays, kind of like uh, when uh, Optimus Prime dies in the Transformer movies. Ah, hey, I saw that in, I, in the Transformer movie. Not I didn't. I didn't say a word. Or when Ash grays over in the Pokemon movie when All he right, dies for a second. Anyway. So part of the reason why I miss this is because I don't feel like his grayness at, is as noticeable until you would see that happen. Like, I'm just like, oh, trolls come in all colors and this is just the colors he is. I didn't realize he was muted until the movie told me it. So I think that's a little bit of a problem. But when they're um, about to be eaten by Bergens and kind of have used their last plan and it's failed um poppy who's been trying to keep a positive attitude and trying to save her community 
she's just like, I, I give up. Like, I can't, this is over. And so she, from head to toe, turns gray the same way that he did earlier. And then all the trolls who are, like, looking to her for guidance, they all turn gray at the same time. And that's what um, causes Justin Timber Troll to sing Cindy Lauper song. Um, and at that moment, I'm like, oh, this is, they're all turning, he's great to, because I missed that moment earlier, I was thinking in my head, I'm like, oh, it would have been cool if I knew what this visual effect was about, but apparently we did. So props to that for giving a preview and a, a callback in a very emotional moment. I think that was effective in a um, simple way that the rest of the movie was not. <laughs> Um, there was, it was very busy through the rest of the movie, but that was a really simple effect to show what was going on and a turning point. So great trolls. My scene shout out. Uh, my scene shout out is there's a song that's original, I think, to trolls mm -hmm. that Anna Kendrick Poppy sings, mm -hmm. and it's not, not that bad. Um, yeah, it's her, I will get back up again. Uh, so well, start talking a, about Sting now. No, but an original song <sighs> that's interesting, okay. Dick. Um, I have I have some questions for you. Do you know who wrote this song? Uh, no. Okay. Did you find this song to have? Um, why why did it belong in Trolls? Yeah, were there like a lot of specific references to the things around her? I don't think so. I kid, so, I don't remember the song. Surprisingly, there actually were. There were like some butterflies and things like that. But it was a very kind of like just simple message of I'll get back up again. It didn't really reference a lot of who Poppy was or who her surroundings are. It's almost like any circus freak could have been singing the song. Oh, no. It's Pasek and Paul. It's Pasek oh. and Paul. I know it's actually one of the, so we're, this is, this is not a, a popular opinion in the United States, but we're, we're not the biggest fans of one, the greatest showman, but also Pasek and Paul. So I was actually surprised that this song was as good as it was. Yeah. It, that's This is like better than most things. I feel like they've written in the last to, 10 years, to, but to be clear, we think dog fight is pretty okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think that's I'm just, over 10 I, years ago at this I point. If any Pasek and Paul defenders are out there, we think Dogfight is pretty okay. Really catchy melodies. They write really catchy melodies. They write really terrible musicals. And anyway, I would let's talk love about for them to write for Lady Gaga or Katy Perry versus True. Let's songs talk about that Sing. Tell stories. Sing. Um, scene shout out. I've got I've got one real and one like um like honorable mention do you have a scene so in case you take one of those okay I, my, i'm fine i could pick a bunch of scenes my honorable mention is when koala mcconaughey hits rock bottom his theater is destroyed his singing competition isn't happening and he needs to make a little bit of money uh, to get back on his feet and so <laughs> He goes back to, and this is, I think, something that I missed earlier. Did he reference car, his car washing days earlier in the movie? Yeah, his his dad That's had the a bucket, car right? Wash. That's the bucket. Yeah. So he he strips down, puts on a speedo, 
And I'm like, what is, what is happening here? Opens a car wash and he is the, the ShamWow. He's the the sponge. And so he dips himself in soapy water and it's this like car wash scene, but it's done to this like opera aria of like a kind of like a sad clown kind of situation. It's so dramatic. The music that's happening, it's like, I shouldn't say it's not like, um, it's not the actual sad clown because it's a soprano, but um, he's like throwing himself on the car and going back and forth in slow motion. And then his friend, the sheep, played by John C. Riley, is like, dude, you need you need someone to help you out. Let me help you out. And so he throws himself at the cars and he's the the dry, like, actually, he's the ShamWow. And and it just it's like a two minute scene where they're just washing cars in slow motion and throwing themselves at vehicles and using their fur as the cleaning agents. And it it seems dumb, but it's so funny. Incredibly funny. Yeah. Um, my actual scene shout out. Oh, that wasn't it? That was the honorable mention because I think that's mostly it. But really what affected me the most and what I will take with me into other areas of my life is um, when um, Buster Moon, Koala McConaughey, um, is able to say that, okay, the concert is back on. Like we can, like he hears the uh, shy elephant singing Mina um, singing in this kind of like empty shell of the theater. It's has, it's got no roof anymore. And she's singing hallelujah, which I think is like maybe one of the only correct uses of the song and hallelujah in pop culture, or like it gets closer to the song, to the song's mm. meaning. Anyway. Um, At least it's not in a Zack Snyder movie. That's something. That's fair. Um, he realizes he's like, Oh, we can just have this for the joy of a concert. Like, and so he's calling up the um, the former contestants one by one after they all think this is like gone bust and they have nothing to look forward to anymore. And you see each of them on a phone call with him and you can see their face just transform as soon as they get the news that this is back on. Like, oh, oh, yeah, I'll be there. I'll definitely be there. Like, it doesn't matter when it is. And to me, that was just like... <sighs> Like it reminds me of um, my very last performance with my kids last year before the pandemic shut down was um, we took members of our Aladdin musical cast who were able to go to like this festival down in Harlem from the Bronx. Right. And it was like this very like easygoing thing. We were just doing like a two minute medley of the show, but like we got like over half the cast being able to go Cause they were just like, Oh yeah, I want to perform again. Oh yeah. I want to do this. And like, they were so excited and they're like, can we wear our costumes from the show? I'm like, Oh yeah. Yeah. You can wear your costumes from the show. Like it, and it were like that moment like sent chills into me and was like, you know, in a year where I've been having a lot of motivational issues being like, well, you know, if we're not performing, why are we even doing music this year? But it's like, Right. There are those kids who, you know, who, it would be that same thing. Like if we canceled music, they'd be sad. And the yeah. fact that we're having music, they're like, oh, great. This is something to look forward to. Great. I'll be there. Right. And I just I think that was a moment that was done really well and was really effective. Nice. Scene shout out for you, Dick. Oh, for saying? 
Mm-hmm. Um, okay, is here. Here's the thing. It's not a. It's not a scene. It's um. Mm, no, no, it'll be a scene. It's fine. Um, so uh, I'm gonna give it to uh, Gorilla Dad's escape from jail <laughs> to the tune oh, of I- "I'm Still Standing." Sorry, I thought you were making a different Gorillas reference. Continue. Nope, that's in Trolls. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, no, Gorilla Dad escapes from jail while yeah. his son is singing I'm Still Standing, and it's mm-hmm. it's cut really well. It's it's fast, but not too fast. The action's easy to follow. It's really, really fun. It's just a really well-done scene without like without dialogue, with just... Yeah. expression and action uh you see what's going on and i think it's really effective yeah that same that scene between them right after that song is really great too of like the dad finally accepting what his son does yeah um, and when he and when he backs up mm, he is covered by shadows that look like bart like like because he's going back to jail after this like uh, it's almost like someone directed this movie uh, huh. who directed this movie dick We'll find out in the MVPs. MVP, MVP, great. All right, so now it's time for MVPs. Yeah. Uh, Dick, do you have and are you finding yes. an MVP for yes. these Garth, films? Garth Jennings. Garth Jennings. Uh, Garth, Jennings. Garth Jennings? He's the director of Garth Sing. Um, I know him also from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Also, Son of Rambo is supposed to be great, uh, but I had not seen that. Um Garth Jennings directed Sing. He's also directed like a bunch of music videos and it shows. That makes sense. Yeah. Because most, in in my estimation, in my opinion anyway, most times where you do like performance, especially like specifically like like, diegetic performance Mm -hmm. in animation, it is boring to watch or there are like the physics are wrong so the dance moves don't look good or like i don't know there's just something always off but like i loved watching the musical performances in this movie and it absolutely makes sense that the man in charge of the movie has directed like a bunch of music videos so uh, yeah yeah. even down to the way that like I'm sure there was, I, I don't think there was like mocap being used, but like maybe some like roto because like the way the performers were moving, like these, like the elephant in particular, Mina, like when mm-hmm. she was singing and like the way her hands were moving and they were like elephant, what feet paws? I don't know what do you call them, but like they had, they had a certain grip like hands, which also like was just neat design, but like the way she was like posing and the way that her face was moving and the way her mouth was moving was very like, oh, this is real to life. Like, this is how a performer would sing this song. This isn't just matching vowels and like having her bop to a beat. Like, it was really impressive. So so what I am trying to find for my MVP is whoever was like the music coordinator for Sing. And I'm having trouble finding who that is. Yes, you're gonna have to pick someone else. I'm I'm on IMDb, so maybe they'll get a shout out later. All right. Yeah, well, I don't know. 
Do you um, want to just music coordinator yeah, for Sing? Music coordinator for Sing, um, because I think the songs were well selected and well arranged, um, right? Like putting songs from different eras, right? Like you, like I said before, like you had a Taylor Swift song standing next to an Elton John song from 30 years ago, and they both felt like they were part of the movie, and they both felt like they were, you know, at the highest quality of production. And I thought that was really fun along with like the operatic thing, like stuff. And, um, but I will say, you know what, let's, let's throw this to Matthew McConaughey, give him some, like be in more animated movies, please. Like, yeah, he's great. Great. I never, I like Matthew McConaughey is funny and I got like his comedy, but I was never thinking like, Oh, this is Matthew McConaughey funny right or like oh this koala is matthew mcconaughey it was just like well that's the character of buster moon and he's funny like he, he, we're having a good time so go matthew mcconaughey all right okay uh MV- mm-hmm. oh no we don't do an mvp for trolls we just do one mvp for the whole thing trolls didn't earn it uh kate crossover you're crossing over these two movies in some way how are you doing it I was going to do this as a special edition for our next segment, but then I liked Sing, so I don't want to do this to Sing. All right. We're crossing over, and we're making a – I think you can – I think you – yeah, because you – you know, okay. Universal Studios is going to have a restaurant where there is an animatronic band – of the characters in Sing and Trolls. A rock fire explosion, if you will. I will. Yeah. Um, because one, there's a gorilla. And if you have a singing gorilla, you're already partway to Wait, rock this fire. Is your, this is your crossover, is yeah. rock fire Okay, got it. Yeah. I thought you were telling me a story about no, some no, of the no. Universal Studios was I'm doing. I'm telling you a story about very what confused. should come to pass if they listen got to it. my good advice. Rockafire Explosion, The Next Generation, animatronics of the uh, uh, fake Elton John Gorilla and Reese Witherspig, Witherspig and Koala McConaughey. Well, Koala McConaughey doesn't sing, but that's okay. Um, and and Poppy and Timber Troll, right? Like, you just put them all there, right? They all have, like, their different sections of the stage, just like the Rockafire Explosion does animatronics they just sing cover songs just like the rock of fire explosion did like easy you just you already have that stuff licensed and then it's like a pizza place where you you have your pizza and you watch your animatronic sing and then like it's a bigger experience than a ride and it's easier than a ride you don't have to do a track you just make the animatronics and like serve some edible pizza this is a this is a slam dunk, home run, all the sports analogies. I want an animatronic band of these two movies. Great. They can even throw some minions in. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> That's a choice. Dick, do you have a crossover idea? Yes. Oh, my God, yes. Yes, I do. Uh, hold on. I am looking for the character's name. Cooper. You remember Cooper. Uh, Cooper is like a giraffe horse troll uh, played by Ron Funches. Okay. And he's not very funny. 
uh, and he's not a very good character because no one is funny or a good character in Trolls. And he's the only troll who's not a troll? Yes. That's he weird, looks, too. He looks weird, and I love it. Uh, he should be in a better movie, so I crossed him over with the movie Sing. Yes. The end. Take him over. Great. Yeah, that that's that sounds about right. It's just great character design. I am, Im- I immediately love this character, and they don't give him anything to do. So yeah, maybe he has more to do in the next movie. Well, he has more to do in Sing. <laughs> All right, Dick. I think it's time for the final. Final cut. Cut. Where we take each movie and decide whether we would like to see it re-released as is special edition to somehow or thrown in the vault never to be heard or seen again absolutely yeah should we start with trolls yes Uh, what what do you do with trolls fault Fault. i hate this movie i hate it so much i don't want to see it again i i'm gonna see trolls world tour at some point because i'm a podcast professional or I will quit the podcast before that. I haven't decided where. <laughs> um, I I kind of want to start from scratch, not because I think it's worth saving. Like the the version that exists, I would vault. No, but because I think it would be a what? neat idea with the same setup. Here's my pitch: same setup for trolls that like you know the Bergens eat trolls for happiness, but like maybe fix some of the pseudoscience things about that. Um. But the trolls are in exile, right? They escape. But because they don't want to draw attention to themselves, the trolls no longer sing or dance or party, right? I think this would be a more interesting setup. So it's like, okay, where can you find happiness when the things that you usually rely on for happiness put you in danger, right? So then you have a little bit of like an Elsa situation where like I have these powers, but they hurt people. Hey, this is a this this is a pandemic story at that yeah. point, right? I mean, it right. It's and the it, story it's been, of it's the story of you as a music teacher. It, I, yeah. Um, but yeah, what like how do you find? Yeah, so maybe me maybe it's more of a twenty 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 one story. But and I feel like there are movies like this, right? Like I guess Footloose. There's not like a traumatic preceding incident that makes the town not dance. It's not like if they dance, they'll get eaten by a tremor. Like it's not that Kevin Bacon movie. Yeah. But right there, there are premises like this where like an entire community doesn't do a thing and characters aren't happy about it. But I think that would be a lot more interesting for Poppy. Like, I don't think this story Poppy should be the outcast character. Right. That wants to sing and dance. And then she brings that back to the trolls. The marketing of this movie and like the narration tells me that Poppy is the main character, but Poppy has the least to learn in this story. And so it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like she's likable enough, but like, you know, uh, Branch, Justin Timberlake's character or any Bergen has a lot more to learn. And yet they're kind of relegated yeah. to second tier Poppy status. Poppy is so, the main line deliverer. Yes. Yes. That's... Correct. Is not a character. So right, if she just if she just wants to sing and dance, but it puts her community in danger, 
I guess I guess maybe then it's more a little bit like Bugs Life, right? Where like Flick has ideas, but it well, it's does a little get... more like like Inside Out too, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you give her some of that joy where it's like, oh, I want to be happy. I want to do happy things. Happy, happy, happy. Oh, there's reasons not to be happy sometimes. There's yeah. There's you gotta yeah temper it and compromise. Yeah. So that's that's what I would do, but I, I understand that that's a lot of work. So Vault is the closest, but I am intrigued by that premise that is very easily set up by the first yeah, ten minutes we of could, this movie. We could do that on a brand new movie that's not Trolls. <laughs> okay, what do you do with Sing though? I re-release it. Sing is so good. Um, I, like that's that's it. I, I re-release it. I don't think there's anything in it that I would change i feel like it all works well and i don't necessarily have better ideas for any of the tiny things that i'm like oh that was okay so yeah re-release right i special edition and make the trailer better yeah re-release the movie have you seen the the trailer recently what what is it that made it so not it i don't know it just it felt like a bunch of pop songs and I feel like the whatever his name is, the German pig was featured more heavily. Yeah, the German pig was all over like the posters. Yeah. And he's, and he's funny. Cr- Gunter, he's, he's funny, funny. But he's not he's like not a, a secondary yeah. secondary like tertiary character. Anyway. Yeah, that's Yeah. I feel like maybe the trailer was a lot of the auditions. Yeah, I'm just looking at YouTube, and so like that's fine, but it doesn't tell you what it's about. Um, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Thank well, you. Dick. Well, Dick. Okay. Great. Yep. Sing. Uh, sing is great. We should all sing more safely from either uh, twelve feet apart no, outside the, or over. That's soon. the moral of trolls. Uh, the moral of sing is sing if you want to sing. Sing, if, if, you sing if you want to. If singing if is you your thing, you don't want to sing. That's sing. okay too. Sing a song. Okay. Sing out loud. For Cellmates Podcast, this is Dick Ward saying that you can contact us at cellmatespodcast@gmail.com, Cellmates Podcast on Twitter, or Cellmates Podcast on Facebook. Nice. Thank you. I'm Kate Phillips telling That's you. True. Yes. There we go. All right. Uh, bye, y'all. Bye. You start. I'm just, I'm really, I know it's early, but I'm really worried about like waking people up or like disturbing people because it feels really echoey in this room. Because I'm the it's only seven, person here. It's seven o'clock and they're all not wearing masks anyway. That's <laughs> they've they've earned this.